Empire. Neil back to Hachimura. Um, first off, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. It was more just shocking to hear from him and understanding that he gets the most assists from me and the most spoon-fed baskets ever. You know, the culture is actually damn good. To sit up there and to say you don't have a culture problem in the nation's capital, everything about the organization points to a culture issue. One guy took his in another guy's shoe. I'm a little pissed off about it, but I know how I am. I was kind of expecting it. It's disrespectful. It was like Eric Killmonger going for total domination. What's up, guys? We're not gonna be fucking sunk this year! We're the Stanley Cup champions! Thank you for joining us today. We are the Beltway Sports Bros. I'm Matt Vazana, as always, my brother Noel. Real quick, we want to thank Hico Sticks for sponsoring the show. Hico Sticks is a great hand eye coordination tool and is featured in the latest Sports Illustrated and how it has helped Seahawks QB Russell Wilson get better over the offseason. It's spelled H-C-O-S-T-I-X. Go to HicoSticks.com to see all the videos and testimonials on the product. When you get there, use our promo code BeltwayBros, all one word, no space, at checkout to receive 10% off your entire order. Again, that promo code is BeltwayBros. All right, now that that's out of the way, Noel, how was your weekend? It was good. Just uh, relaxed a little bit. It's kind of rainy outside, so it was an excuse for me to sit around and watch a little ball. Yeah, you need excuses for that, right? Right, I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I haven't done anything, actually, come to think of it. I've Good for you. You deserve yeah, it. No shit. I deserve it. Been non fucking stop. Hey, pay, payroll's a little late this week, so oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll call you next weekend. Maybe maybe it'll come through then. But uh, let me get through this real quick. We have an Instagram page, Beltway underscore sports underscore bros underscore podcast, and on Twitter at Beltway Bro Pod. Also check out EmpireMedia.com. You can see us there and all of our networks podcasts. One last thing, you are listening to this show right now, so please hit subscribe or follow, depending on what podcast app you use. So you don't miss a single show. All right, Noel. To start out the show, we're going to talk about something equally as depressing as the prior episode. So let's let's go there. I'm a little drained, man. <laughs> I'll be I'll be frank. I'll be frank. Uh, I'll push through it. I'm already a negative person to begin with. I don't know. You're trying to put me into an early grave here. We're going to maybe talk about some other. Eh, honestly, the other subjects aren't that fun either. But. <laughs> Just right. stick with us. We'll try to make them as fun as we can. Okay, cool. A subject we haven't really talked about, thanks to the shit show that is the Washington football team. On Wednesday, the Milwaukee Bucks did not come on the floor in protest for their Game 5 matchup with Orlando after Jacob Blake was shot multiple times in, in Kennesaw, Wisconsin, by local police officers the day prior. Uh, also, the Lakers and Clippers voted to boycott the remainder of the season. The other pro sport leagues have been taking action as well. The Washington football team had a scrimmage on, scheduled on Thursday at FedEx Field, but they canceled it in favor of, quote, an open dialogue on the issues of racism, social injustice in this country. So fast forward to Friday, the NBA and NBA PA both agreed the playoffs would resume starting this past Saturday. But it would start after by some demands by the players' unions that included, number one, agreeing to establish a social justice coalition that would focus on issues like access to voting, promoting civil engagement, and police and criminal justice reform. Number two, also every NBA city will work with elected officials to convert their facilities into voting locations, specifically in the areas hit hardest by COVID. 
And then number three, finally, the players would like advertising spots in each playoff game promoting the importance to vote as well as information on their more accessible voting locations. So, you know, I think this is great on the NBA and the players that they have come together and put together a plan. Um, I think from my perspective, though, I, I guess I was confused. Everybody seemed very upset about this, and rightfully so. But I didn't really hear any plans of making a change, just more pissed off about the situation. Right. And I think it's good to see that they actually have things written down that, you know, something as simple as getting more people out to vote, you know, regardless of how you vote, which side it is. And people are genuinely concerned about voting due to COVID, number one. And, and you know, in general, there's just not enough people to vote anyway. So I think giving more accessibility to voting is a very good thing and can open up more opportunities to make a change, right? And the NBA already donated, what, $300 million to black youth charities, which is great. But a lot of times when this money is thrown around, you don't really know where it goes, what it does, who it's helping, you know, and to have something lined up if the players are agreeing with the owners or the governors, I believe they're called, to work with their government officials to make changes locally in their communities. I think that's a great first step. There's obviously a problem out there. I mean, this keeps happening over and over and over again, regardless if you think there's more to the story, every video that's shot. There's too many people that are getting affected in this, and it's happening far too often. And I think this is a a really great first step. And I love it, again, that they actually seem to have a plan in place. There are some vague things. In the first portion, they're they're establishing a social justice coalition, promoting civil engagement. I mean, I, I don't know exactly what that means, but hopefully they do, and hopefully they pump some money into it and and really get local government officials involved. And one other thing I wanted to say, I like that Rivera made it a point for players to come to their meeting with ideas instead of just being pissed off. Again, that seems to be the constant theme. And I think it's great that they're coming together, being more specific with their ideas. There seems to be an effort to make a point to get together and make actual changes. Well, when I initially heard about this, I think it was the right thing to do. I think it should have been done a long time ago. And I think this is the only way. It's just like if you, if advertisers pull their advertising, action happens. Well, the players are the league. They are the main advertisement of the league. And that's the only way you have a voice these days in modern time. It's capitalism. But when this happened, you know, I've tried to establish this for myself and have that quote unquote 24 hour rule. I don't know if anybody's heard that term used before when something happens to you or whether it's at work or personally or you know your kid doesn't get the playing time on the field and you're pissed off or whatever it is to give yourself 24 hours to establish your mind instead of using your heart using your mind and in this when I saw the Bucks walk off the court and you still had the magic sitting there warming up it felt like a heart move that doesn't mean that it's wrong I was with it 100% but my next question is okay Now what? And when you're using your heart, a lot of times you're not thinking about step two. And in this case, and I will give it to LeBron, who I'm not a huge fan of, he has really stepped up to the plate on this. And, you know, that shut up and dribble shit that they were saying to him a long time ago has gone the way of the dodo. And he has really stepped up his game because he is, like it or not, he's the face of the league. And when he's stepping up and doing this shit, they're coming in with a game plan. Like you said, the governors of each team, the arena voting was an extremely ingenious thing that they came up with. 
It really was. If you look at all this, and obviously the NBA advertising, that's an easy one. All they have to do is just pop something in for 30 seconds during a game. That's nothing for them. Using arenas during the COVID pandemic as an avenue for voting in these locations where a lot of people don't get out, that's the voice. This shit going off the court, yes, absolutely 100%, but that's a heart move. This stuff with the arenas and the voting and getting people out in droves to make the difference in that way, that's the mind. And that's where I was completely impressed with this thing. And they said, we're not getting back on the court until we got some fucking bullet points here because we're not just going to go back out with and pretend like this shit didn't happen in two days. We need A, B, and C in place. And that one was the one that stuck out to me the most. It really did. That's the difference maker to me. Well, it was the only one that was overly specific as well. And, right. and I guess that was kind of what I was getting at is that the rest of it is pretty broad. Yeah, it's cliche, Matt, but you just got to get out and vote. It's the cliche thing, but every vote counts. And if they think that this is the avenue in which to do that, that this is going to be the difference to do the local voting, to do the on the state level, and to do it on the federal level, you have to get your centralized cities involved. Yeah. And when you're beat down, when you feel like you're consistently being manipulated or put into a location that you aren't not making a difference, that's what they want. So when you're putting it in centralizing these voting locations, that's an extremely smart move on their part. And they realize, hey, they understand we are basketball players here. We understand that we are, to a certain extent, hamstrung just like you are. We're only people that vote. Yes, we have a larger platform. But what can we do down the line that's going to make a difference because them walking off the court looks good on paper and is a definite statement but it's not going to help the day after and the day after that right and that's kind of what I was getting at yeah they can step off the court all they want they can do these things to you know grab the headlines but what are you doing after the fact right what are you doing to after actually, the dust settles what are you doing what are you doing to actually make changes for the better and so that's a great first step and you know I'm proud no of them, so. I, I me too good for them and the NFL is the flagship of sports, and it's the sport, the universal sport in this country that everybody loves. And it's number one. If you look at a ranking system as far as popularity, it's probably number one, two, and three on the ranking list out of the top five. But the NBA, through this COVID situation, through this racial injustice and everything else, has really risen to the top. And they are doing it the right way. They, they are listening and that's what needs to be done. And I'm really impressed in the manner in which they've done it. And it's tough for me to say, I'm really impressed with how LeBron has come out and dealt with this whole situation as being the face of the league. That's a tough place to be. And at the end of the day, he does have a job to do as well. And I know he wants that fourth ring. I wholeheartedly believe, and I've said a lot of negative things about him, I think if, it, if they came out of that room and he didn't feel like A, B, and C was in place, I don't think they would have hit the floor again. Yeah. Sad to say, but Noel and I are getting old, and we've been looking for ways to sharpen our hand-eye coordination reaction speed, but also like to throw something around outside with our kids once in a while. Then we found this product, Hico Sticks. Hico Sticks has three prongs, three colors, throw it, call the color, and catch the color. Simple, right? It's way harder than it looks, and there are so many ways to increase the difficulty that challenges even the best athletes. For example, Odell Beckham, Alvin Kamara, Joe Burrow, just to name a few. They use it to take their training to the next level. So Hiko Sticks is the winner of the Men's Health Award, 
even though it's already being used across all major pro sports and college programs, doesn't mean it's just for the elite. It also has the national standard for K-12 through physical education curriculum. With so many shutdowns and gyms closing, HecoSticks is the perfect tool to add to your home workout. Or you can just make it a fun competition with your family, you know, while you're sitting at home. You can go to HecoSticks.com for more details. When you order, don't forget to use our promo code, BeltwayBros, and get 10% off your entire order. Catch HecoSticks today. Okay, speaking of the NBA, earlier this week, NBC Sports Washington's Chase Hughes, great guy, by the way. He was on our show last week. Check that out. Chase. He reported that Atlanta, New York, and Phoenix are expected to make runs at Wizards forward Davis Bertans. Uh, he, he seems to be a constant theme in our show. I don't know. Because we I, love the guy. Do we? Yeah. He's, I mean, he's, he's really, right. honestly, <laughs> if you were to think of, and maybe that should be a top five list that we do, top bright spots of DC sports right now. Right now? Oof. Right now. Can we come up with five? <laughs> <laughs> That's why I said it probably can't be a top five. That's what I'm doing spur of the moment. I mean, he is in the conversation. He was a joy to watch. He really was. And that's why we're talking about him. There ain't much in D.C. right now. I need the Latvian laser. I don't think you're going to have him, Noel, unfortunately. And I just want him in-house, man. I know this is an ongoing theme. I'm just a big fan. I know you are. And most Wizard fans are a fan of this guy. They love it. Who doesn't love him? All 47 Wizards fans All 47 Wizards fans. (laughs) We might have lost Ryan. I'm not sure. (laughs) He's on the edge of a knife right now. But I think that these three teams, and I'm sure there'll be some other teams that pop up with interest, but if he looks at it on paper, okay, and I understand money talks, and I've said this before, he's going to go where the money is, and I don't blame him. But man, the Knicks, really? The cesspool that is? That's like, why would you go to Washington football? (laughs) Right. I mean, I'm a fan and I'd be like, why the fuck is he coming here? Mm -hmm. Dude, go someplace good. And the Suns, I I don't know. They say it's a great place to live. And Atlanta, it's the same location. They have like 18 fours on that team right now. So do the Knicks. So do the Knicks. So I I just don't know. The money's going to speak. And um, I hope that it happens, even if he has to sign, you know, a one year or a two year with a player option on it, just to see how this wall dynamic and everything pans out. Because if he doesn't come in, I don't know how this dynamic is going to be. And I'm concerned about it. They're not very deep. Their fronts five are decent besides the three spot. But beyond that, where's the scoring coming off the bench? Nowhere. I've said this all along. I think that Bertans isn't coming back. The only thing we have going for us really right now is the salary cap's going to be lowered, but in reality, it's all relative anyway. I think these three teams, and like you said, I'm sure there's others that are going to pop up, have a better salary cap situation than the Wizards do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we interviewed Chase Hughes, like I mentioned. I think he had the same feeling. He's going to go where the money is. I think that this is going to be more than likely his one big opportunity for a contract. This is probably it for him. He's 27 years old. He started out late. He's blown out his knee twice. He's going to have to squeeze out every penny that he can, and rightfully so. I'm not going to have any hard feelings if he decides if the Wizards either A, lowball him. I don't think they will. I I think the Wizards will genuinely attempt to give them every dollar that they can in order to keep them in-house. It's just a matter of if they have enough to match. Which I don't think they do. They've got yeah. like 10 plus million. You know, they got a little over 10 million or something. And they're not going to hit the luxury tax. They're not going to go over the luxury tax for Bertans. I disagree with that. And I disagree with that when Chase was on the show. That what is the purpose of this then? 
then you might as well start cleaning house. If this is the team, if what you have been waiting for, everyone, is to see the Beal Wall show one last time, the last last dance whiz edition, because <laughs> that's basically what it is, okay? If we have Wall and Beal, and you've been waiting a year and a fucking half to see these guys play together again. Feels like longer than that. It feels like longer than that, though, doesn't it? And now, you've got your formidable piece that can make this thing a difference. When the hell else do you go over the luxury tax? I will say this. Another thing we have going for us is that you want Beal to stay. Exactly. So, if that makes him happy... Then maybe they'll do what they got to do. You're and damn right. They've been yeah. consulting him on personnel moves but when Wall was out anyway. And if he comes into the room and says, hey, guys, I was loyal to you. You need to be loyal to me. I don't give a shit if, if Leonsis has to sell his third yacht to keep <laughs> this guy in house. We need to make it happen. Then they will make it happen. Yeah. I just don't see any other way around it. There's not like they have somebody else in the pipeline that's waiting for that big deal. I could completely understand that. If they had some young dude, let's say Troy Brown was a complete beast. He's not. Okay, yeah. and he's not. <laughs> but let's just say for sake of argument that he was. And they said, look, man, hey, in a year, we've got to sign this dude back. What do you want us to do? We need to sign him to a bit. There's nobody in the pipeline right now there to have on a big deal. The only people that they're hamstrung on, Maheen, me, thank God, is leaving, is gone. And the only two guys left are Wall and Beal. There's yeah. nobody else to worry about having to sign a big deal to, so sign this guy. No, I agree. And with him, I think one thing to be concerned about, and I think actually uh, Matt Moderno brought this up, was they have to figure out what they're going to do position-wise with him as well. Because if you're going to pay this guy $12 million a year, $13 million a year, something like that, that's starter money. Why are you going to bring him off the bench? And all these talks about Hachimura being at the three. I don't agree with Matt on that. I think that the way the league is set up right now, it's rotational. I mean, you look at Lou Williams and guys like that they've made a living and they make very good money and they come off the bench on a yearly basis whether they go with a big shooting lineup or whatever you've seen it even this year when Wall was out Bertans was in there sometimes with Wagner other times he was playing the four and he was playing with Bryant there are so many options he got his minutes in he's not going to be like must start or gone no I'm saying some guys that's important to though it's a status thing I think he knows his role in things and I think he knows that in situations, if he's out there with Wall or Beal at the same time as him, or even one or the other, he's good to go. Yeah, but Hachimura is the guy that they're trying to mold to be the third guy, the third scorer. And that is a perfect situation. But what I'm saying is that Bonga, of course he's going to play more minutes than Bonga, right? And that's who he kind of had in front of him. And Bonga would start for whatever reason, and then Bertans would kind of take it on going forward after that. He may be concerned, and I'm just speculating, where he fits in. Oh, that's absurd. I don't know. That I'm is an saying. absurd argument. He knows when he looks at that roster, he sees jack shit. <laughs> well, okay, give me a break, dude. You think he's blind? He knows that, okay, they might bring me off the bench halfway through the first quarter, and I'm going to be playing backup guys, and I'm just going to be bombing threes all over the place with either Wall or Beal in the lineup when I'm in there. He knows what's going on. He's not worried about, uh uh-oh, Hachimura at the three. Shepard, what do you say about this? He's not worried about any of that. I'm just saying, I think think they got to get that worked out. They don't. All right, all right, fine. It's the money they need to get worked out. That's it. He ain't worried about his location on the floor. His location on the floor is at about half court bombing threes. That's where his location is. Well, no, I will say this, though. There were some games, though, that he inexplicably, by Scott Brooks, didn't play a lot of minutes. 
and it didn't make any sense. And he favored some other guys over him once in a while. I'm not saying it happened a lot, but it did happen. So, and I know of the course of over an NBA season, those types of things happen, but you're adding a wrench to it that isn't there. To know what your role is, I'm sure it would make him happy. Anyway, all right, moving on to the NFL. ESPN put out an article projecting the 2021 draft order based on their power football index. ESPN projects Jacksonville to have the number one pick in 2021. Hey, Noel, I'll give you one guess who's number two. The Washington football team? Hey, great (laughs) job. Amazing. (laughs) They have a projected 5-11 record, which is more than I think that they'll probably win at this point. That's not too bad. But, you know, I think it's it's really hard to project really what any team's going to do this year with no preseason games. We've talked about this before. The less experienced teams more than likely are going to suffer this year. I mean, Rivera even said they are favoring veterans over rookies because of the lack of offseason they've had due to COVID. He said that in the last press conference. I'm sure the younger guys appreciated hearing that. They're like, what the fuck are we even doing here? But also the shit show that is the team, the distractions that have happened, some in their control, some out of their control, but it's got to be a lot mainly for the for Rivera and the coaching staff. And we've discussed all of these ad nauseum, but Rivera's cancer, the, the Washington Post articles, the name change, the minority owners scheming ways to get rid of Snyder, and you know, COVID in general is going to take its toll, and it's taking its toll on every team, but Again, being a younger team, it's got to really take its toll on them. And um, Vegas has Washington five and a half total wins this year. I'm not sure what it was the last time we talked about it, but I think it was somewhere around there. I just feel like this team has no chance to get out the gate. It's as sad as that is for me to say. I think that with all the distractions, and we always talk about distractions every year with this team, but this offseason has been off the charts of anything that I think any team has ever seen in the history of this league. And it may not distract the players, but I think, and, and I used to think like it's not really a distraction, but question after question after question, when um, RG3, that saga that was happening, I know that was on the field, but every single time they were interviewed, it was a question about what was happening behind the scenes, what's going on with RG3, this and that. It, and it becomes exhausting for him. Luckily, I guess one positive is that the JPs of the world aren't up their ass 24 hours a day because of the bubble, the mini bubble that right. they have going on. So that's helpful in this regard because they could be beaten down by these questions over and over again. At least they're just, hey, player A, you're sitting here for this press conference once a week and they're not there in the locker room and things like that. But um, it's still got to be a lot on them based off of just seeing what kind of fucking team am I playing for? Who are these people? Who did I get drafted by? Yeah. I think the biggest thing is going to be the Rivera cancer situation. Inevitably, like we've talked about, he's going to have to take some time off. Del Rio is going to take over. He feels very comfortable with him. And if this was a, a veteran-laden team, I think they could handle it. But with the youth that's involved, with everything that's gone on, this is going to be a very, very rough season. I get what you're going with it. I, I just don't think they're a very good football team. There are a lot of outside factors. The question is, is who's going to play at these spots? That's the real question, and nobody knows this. They're coming up with this ranking system as if they have some insider information. They haven't even made cuts down to the 53-man yet, and most of these places can only let in 10 reporters. So ESPN is making a general listing 
of kind of vibes that they've gotten off other guys' blogs or other guys' information from training camp that they see what's going on. But these guys have just been in pads for a short frame of time. Washington didn't even get to do their scrimmage to see what personnel was going to be out there with the first team. So for me, where are they getting this all this information from to see that? They're getting this information based on what their roster looks like right now with young guys and with guys that just aren't very good. No, and I totally agree. This is not a great roster. I think the likelihood of them being terrible is definitely more in their favor than them being good. So them taking this stance of the number two overall pick, you know, I think it probably is a good choice because in all likelihood, based off of the roster, like you mentioned, and all the other shit that's gone on. But my point is, Matt, I don't think that when ESPN made this ranking system, they didn't have them the third worst team over the Bengals. You know, and then say, oh, well, Snyder came out with their sexual harassment stuff. Let's move them down to two. I, I just don't think that that played a factor in their rankings. Their factor in their rankings is, and like you said, they've been at between five and six wins on everything. That hasn't changed. Why? Because they have a shitty roster that's not very good. And honestly, I think that's a little high at this point based on what you're saying. Have you seen the uh, the clips of Logan Thomas lighting up the defense? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but really, though, I mean... God, same old shit every fucking training camp. Like, oh man, look at Logan Thomas. You know, he's easy, he's, he's, easy he's, with all that because we're going to be using that on the next show. Oh, so <laughs> we're going to be using that on Friday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, a little peek behind the curtain. <laughs> no, but I don't want to talk shit about the beat reporters or anything like that. But the thing is, they have no credentials in making decisions based off of what they see in practice. And they're constantly taking these these videos and, and this and that and posting them on Twitter. And on Saturday, they're like, man, look at Alex Smith. He's got some zip on that ball. I'm like, are you... Fu- really? Like, yeah. when he had two good legs, had very little zip on his ball. <laughs> right. And he was throwing five-yard outs all day. Yeah. You know, it's like, give me a fucking break. I know. I know. It, hey, they're watching the generic version of practice. They're putting it out there and reporting what they can. And this is what they're getting paid to do. At the end of the day, this ESPN article is exactly the same thing. They went down the listing. It's not very hard to put Washington or put Cincinnati or Jacksonville in those spots. They're all interchangeable there. That's just the easy one. I mean, Cincinnati ain't going to be any better. Jacksonville sucks. They all suck at the bottom. And um, and also, I think they base it off a of schedule. The Washington schedule is yeah. hard. Not according to strength of schedule. Well, they can say strength of schedule all they want to, but they have a few gauntlets in there that they're well, going to get Well, we talked creamed. about it before as well, a long time ago. <laughs> I think, what, our third show yeah. or something? Right, man. man that feels like <laughs> three years ago at this yeah, point. right. But if anybody else had the Giants on their schedule twice, they'd be throwing a party. But oh, for yeah. us, the Giants are really... Well, it's a divisional game. It kind of skews the strength of schedule is what I'm saying. You know what I mean? And... Look, this team, at the end of the day, Matt, this team are what they are. And they're not very good, regardless of what people are saying, reporters are saying on the sideline. Great out to uh, McLaurin, and McLaurin, you know, just ate the defense alive, or whatever they want to put in the paper. Everybody knows that this team isn't a very good squad. Everybody knows that they still have serious holes in spots. And like you said, there are outside factors. I don't think the outside factors in the office are going to affect them. 
I think the Rivera thing potentially could. Thank goodness, like I said, they have Del Rio in-house where that transition should be okay. Rivera's a defensive guy anyway. They're not losing anything there on the Scott Turner side because he's running the offense anyway. I just think it's a different mentality on where to go. And you hope that, like we said before, they utilize this as a rallying cry of the Rivera situation. If you cannot take this as a positive and you cannot take this as a war cry and a rallying for young, old, whomever you are, special teams and everything else, even the punter, he has blowed up about this character aspect too many times and he picked the wrong guys. And that's my feeling on it. That to me is not a negative. That should be one of those that they say, let's get on this. He gives a thumbs up from his hospital bed. Hopefully he's not there. And they go out and kick the shit out of somebody. That's how it should be. Yeah, well, we shall see. I think if you know we were betting that more than likely they are who we think they are. Yep. But we've seen before lesser percentages here that they could surprise some people. And let's not forget that COVID could potentially take down some really good teams. Let's. I'm not rooting for it, but it's like, hey. <laughs> You know, there there could be a spread with the hey, with the Eagles or I, the whoever. Let's put it this way. I wouldn't frown if all of a sudden Wentz or Dak had to go down for a couple of weeks and it just so happened that Washington was on the schedule at the same time. <laughs> you know, I don't want anything bad to happen to anybody, but they'll have to be in quarantine for a couple of weeks. Not our fault. You know, and then they have to go out there and play. If we've learned anything about injuries, though, and I'm going to throw COVID into that injury umbrella, yeah. they always seem to come back the week that they play the Redskins. Oh, yeah. They they or you know what I mean. Right, <laughs> right. They come they come hobbling out of the locker room like all of a sudden the crowd cheers. He's playing today? Like comes out with a roar with his white shoes on. Or the funniest thing is when a guy's suspended and then they go to an arbiter and then magically they get a week off that suspension yeah, and it's always yeah. against Washington. It's Like it's during the appeal process or something <laughs> yeah, that they're able yeah, to come back bullshit. and play the Washington or the Wiz or somebody like that you know their their suspension was appealed and won right at that point in time it's such a joke but hey we're to the point now where we're such pathetic fans that we need that type of thing <laughs> that speaks volumes about where Washington is as a, as a franchise and I just hope they get to the point where we can see them play and just start winning divisions again and start competing in games but this ain't the year uh born losers all right, so that's going to do it for this episode. As always, we're on all major podcast platforms. Please rate, review, and subscribe. If you like this show, share it on social media. Again, please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and the Facebook page. Thank you for listening, and I hope you guys have a great Monday.